Hello, and you're tuned in to the Pontiac Now podcast. I'm Drew Graham, and uh, today we have Bob Wan with us. And uh, we're going to be talking about all things uh, Pontiac and get a couple of good stories in here. So, uh, yeah, let's get it started. Bob, would you like to introduce Good morning, yourself? Drew. Good morning, yeah. Bob. Sunday morning here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's a beautiful day in Pontiac. I didn't know we'd be on video or I would have shaved this morning for you, Drew, but on the weekends I try not to. So, yeah, gorgeous day in Pontiac. One of the last beautiful fall days here. So. Yep, absolutely. It was last, first day of fall was yesterday, so um, yeah, great, uh, great vibes here. You're starting of a whole new season. Yep, yep. We're gearing up for Pontiac around <laughs> oh. the corner here. So. Yep, yep. Big the times, big times in Pontiac. Yep, we got all the, um, got a uh, Erebus, I believe. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah, great times for Pontiac right now. Um, so let's start off, Bob, why, uh, what, um, what brought you to Pontiac? What's the... Uh, a real estate agent who didn't take direction from me, Drew. I <laughs> told my real estate agent uh, that I needed to buy a building to store some paperwork in. And he said, well, let's go look in Pontiac. The buildings up there are affordable. And I said, listen, James, two things happen in Pontiac. People lose money, people get shot, and I don't want to go and do either of those things. And he said, come on, Pontiac's a great deal right now. And this was back in 2012 when Pontiac really was an insanely uh, low market deal. Mm -hmm. uh, but even then, I said, I, I don't want to buy a building up in Pontiac. So he tricked me. He told me we were going to Clarkston for lunch, and we ended up in downtown Pontiac right there at the what was the Bowes Brewery. Had an incredible barbecue uh, sandwich, and then walked down the street and walked into the building at 31 North Saginaw, which was the old Whiskey's Bar. And I walked in, I said, this is a gorgeous building. What would a building like this cost me in Clarkston? And he said, you can buy it for blank. I said, oh my God, I gotta have this building. I said, I never realized that Clarkston was such a big, beautiful city like this. And he said, well, it's not as Pontiac. And I said, I gotta get out of here. I don't have a, any weapon on me today. Something bad's gonna happen to me. And he said, no, Bob, the sheriff just took over this town. The government is being restructured. The town's turning its corner right now, and you really ought to buy here. And I said, James, you're crazy. Get me out of here. And a few days later, we put an offer in on the building, and the rest is kind of history. The town, it did turn the corner back in 2012, 2013, and they restructured the city's government. Uh, they, they got rid of $87 million worth of debt. Um, they restructured the city hall and the more business-like atmosphere there. We just re-elected the first two-term mayor of Mayor Waterman after 40 years in the city. Um, so the government is, is on a good track here. We have a lot of servants really working toward a betterment of Pontiac now, uh, like yourselves. Uh, next, the, the sheriff took over back in 2012 and has uh, bolstered the uh, security of the city in so many ways that I and my family moved here a few years ago uh, and lived right downtown, and I never had any fear of crime here or anything. And since then, we tracked the crime very closely. And most people coming in from the outside say, is it safe? Could I park my car there? Will it be mm -hmm. all right? We don't have those type of issues here. Um, on top of it, people like Tim Shepard and the, the Riker Security Project, and Brian Carr, who you'll see out on the streets uh, in, his, in his uniform here. Mm -hmm. We have over 50 cameras, brand new cameras, that look, see, hear, what's going on in downtown, all fed into this Riker Building security room, uh, funded privately uh, in conjunction with the Sheriff's Department. So you could do something bad in downtown Pontiac, <laughs> but you'll get caught. And yeah, we'll be see. a bad, bad outcome <laughs> for you. Um, and we found that that has really deterred people from 
their worst inner instincts. So, and then the last part is infrastructure. And mm -hmm. as we talked earlier, Drew, that's ring road around the city mm -hmm. uh, is one of the things that many cities, even like Birmingham, had a ring road that went around it. Back in 91, when I served on, uh, 93 actually, I'm sorry, served on the Birmingham principal shopping uh, two district. Two years board. later, I was born. No, two years, <laughs> great, oh, geez. I was only five when I served, so. Um, you know, we need to get rid of the ring road next, and we mm -hmm. need to work on the infrastructure in town. But that's what brought me here. We've seen a lot of improvements in the last mm -hmm. five years. We've seen a lot of improvements in the last 24 months. And, you know, things like what you're doing here with Pontiac now, Drew, are getting the word out so people can understand it's a new day mm -hmm. here in Pontiac today. Awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a great transition. Um, so uh kind of going along with that theme and and our organization pontiac now um obviously we're preparing our goal is to prepare pontiac for the next generation of business so um i guess the next question is what do you think is the biggest next step for pontiac what do you think could really um is the most needed and can push us forward the fastest you uh, <laughs> your generation so you know back when i moved to birmingham i was 25. Uh, Birmingham, most people don't realize, uh, it was going through a transition at the time. Crowley's closed and Jacobson's closed. All the shops in downtown started to close because Somerset had just opened this gleaming new north uh, end of their mall. Yeah, so big we, transition to the to the massive, you know, central malls like that. Exactly, and we we kind of got a bunch of townspeople together and we said, we love our city. We don't want to see it fall apart here. Let's see what we could do. And we brought mm -hmm. a. a you know, and back then he wasn't a famous urbanist, but he was doing some neat work down in Miami, a guy by the name of Andres Dewani. Mm. Uh, we flew him up to Birmingham. We had town hall meetings. We had late night conversations about what we wanted our city to look like. And we picked three words. We wanted it to be elegant, walkable, and sophisticated, I think were the words. And if you look at Pontiac today, it is. And we set up a plan called 2016 uh, Birmingham. Uh, okay. What would it look like? And we looked at attention to detail, things like the curbs out there where you could roll a stroller down the street or a wheelchair or a bicycle and you wouldn't hit a bump when you cross the street there. Mm -hmm. Things like power washing the streets so there are bubble gum on the streets. Those little details really matter to people even though they don't notice them when they come into your town. Mm -hmm. Things like street lights that actually work and we've just had all the street lights in downtown. Thank you, Mayor Waterman and the city council for finally making this happen. We have LED streetlights throughout the town, so it's well lit now, and, and it gives, not only is it safe, but it gives a perception of safety. Mm -hmm. um, things like a farmer's market uh, that came to Birmingham, and we're working with the Oakland County right now to bring a bigger, better uh, farmer's market, maybe in conjunction with All Saints to town. Mm -hmm. But the biggest effort was engaging the target population that you want to have in your city mm. uh, that's energetic and, and um, will be change agents. And for Pontiac, that's the creative class, the youthful creative class of which you're a member, Drew, and your friends are members here at Pontiac now. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to be an open door. We want to be a big tent. You know, there's another town nearby that's changing rapidly and, and improving in so many ways. Uh, but many people say there's one very rich guy dictating how things will mm -hmm. turn there. We didn't like that idea, the group of people that you know, I've been hanging out with here for the last few years and finding we wanted it to be a big tent. We want it to be authentic. We want it to be inclusive. Decentralized. That's De a decentralized. Big yeah, so crypt yeah. cryptocurrency and the idea that it's 
it's cutting edge, it's new. We don't really know what it is yet, but we know it's something that's a trend of the future. Mm -hmm. And that's where the youth come in. Um, and that's where the artists come in. The artist sees things where the rest of us just see decay a lot of times. They see beauty. We need Absolutely. that engagement. So the Allery project that just launched off with murals going up and down the old alley that's here um, is a big part of that. But these are not artists that are flying in from major cities to paint murals and being paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. These are authentic, homegrown artists that have something to express. We hope that's positive here in downtown Pontiac. Mm -hmm. And it's art that's going to evolve. It's a, a mural that goes up and another one gets painted over it. Um, mm -hmm. So it's embracing change and youth and, and vision and decentralization. So <laughs> yep. that's what's next. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, decentralization, big part of uh, big part of Pontiac now with cryptocurrency being our main theme and really focusing on community. So that's uh, that's definitely a ties in. And uh, you know, Chief Pontiac himself, the uh, the whole Native American uh, society was very decentralized. So. Uh, really fits the theme and, and the whole history of the of the uh, whole city so you're hitting on something there drew that was really important to us in the early days of, of what we envisioned for the city was was respecting its history mm -hmm. and not changing history with a uh, with a big heavy mallet hand right mm -hmm. and the problem is a lot of our history here has been whitewashed sorry for the pun, but yeah. uh, this was a city of racial diversity from its very core. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a meeting space long before it was a city or town. So the American Indians that would gather here every summer, uh, they would meet up on this hill. It's a, one of the second highest hills in the entire area. It's where the Clinton River meets a trail that was really important to the native people here before uh, the white man came from uh, Europe mm -hmm. to come and land on the shores of, that became Fort uh, Detroit, um, and when the French landed there, they would come up a trailhead that we now know as Woodward Avenue, but it was the Saginaw Trail, and from the Fort of Detroit to the hilltop here at Pontiac, um, it was one day's walk in the summertime. So we know the days are shorter in the winter than in the summer. Don't try it in the winter, but in the summertime you could walk from Detroit to here 26 miles up to where the river met the, the trail. Oh, I'll have to, I'll have to try that sometime. It yeah. sounds like a nice, uh, nice walk. And while you're at it, the next day you could walk from this trail on this trail called Saginaw Trail up into the hinterlands to Flint, one day's walk to where the Flint River meets the Saginaw Trail. And then from there you could walk to the city of Saginaw, one day's walk in the summertime. So it's not happens chance that these cities are where they're at. Mm -hmm. And I always like to say the Indians knew where to camp, they knew good real estate, they always camped up on the hilltops where the game would travel down around and come to the waterhead. The game would come to them, the winds would blow, it was nice and cool in the summertime. The white man would often camp where the river flooded, where there were mosquitoes and there was no breezes. So uh, case in point, Chicago, smelly onion, uh, and flood, lots of flooding issues. But at any rate, so the three Indian tribes came here. A lot of people believed that it was the Ottawa tribe that would come here. Mm -hmm. But the Ottawa weren't actually a tribe. The Ottawa means trader, or one with whom I trade. Uh, and so if you think of your own tribe today, you're, you're a respected member of your tribe. The mm -hmm. people in your tribe trust you, so they give you the goods to go out and meet with others and, and trade with them. So there were three tribes that met here, the Huron, the Saginaw, and the Odawa and they would all come here to meet together peacefully on this hill. 
and trade goods and services with one another. Um, and the people that came and met here were the Ottawa, were the traders from each tribe. So if you were in Ottawa, Drew, and I was in Ottawa, we were special people in our tribe. Mm. We spoke multiple languages. We were trusted by our people. But maybe neither one of us were the chief. And so this is where the big lie comes in of Pontiac, or maybe one of the first big lies here, <laughs> was the idea of Chief Pontiac. Mm -hmm. And um, the saying, history is always written by the victors, applies here because Chief Pontiac was just a 20-something-year-old kid that came here right about the time that the French lost the Fort de Détroit mm. to the English, and they lost the war, and the Indians kind of preferred trading with the French, and mm. the French were kind enough to come up to the hill and meet with them on their turf. The English wanted the Indians to come to the fort, wow. and when the Indians went down to the fort to do trading, they didn't feel like they were getting such a good deal. Mm. So history tells us, the history books you and I read in school, tell us that the uh, Indians gathered around Pontiac, this young Ottawa trader mm -hmm. who, was, uh, who led a rebellion against the English. One rebellion and lost, two rebellions and lost, three rebellions and lost, and the third time in a big massacre. On the fourth rebellion, the English did what the English did so well throughout the world, and this is how they controlled the big swatch of the known world at the mm -hmm. time, was they made peace with Chief Pontiac. Now, Pontiac wasn't really a chief, in my opinion. He was just a young guy who was leading rebellions, as many young people often do. Mm -hmm. And he said, I am now chief. He went back to his tribe and said, I'm Chief Pontiac. I've made peace with the English. Follow me. And they said, yeah, we'll follow you, all right. And history tells us that Chief Pontiac was chased around the land and hunted down by a lone assassin from his own tribe and killed with a hatchet to the back of his head and his body was lovingly carved into twelfths and spread about the land. Oh, wow. Is that a leader of men that people wanted to follow and love and revere? Mm. Maybe not. Maybe, Maybe not. not. Maybe not. So, you know, the, the first thought that I had when I came here was we kind of built the name of the city on a giant lie. Mm -hmm. This idea of Chief Pontiac, and you see his picture around town. Mm -hmm. The other thing I noticed when I saw pictures of Chief Pontiac was unlike you and your friends, he didn't look like such a nice guy to sit around and having a beer with, right? And the, the image and feeling of Pontiac was one of racial tension. It was one of, of anger and violence. Mm -hmm. And then when I looked into P Chief Pontiac's picture that they have it painted around town, I thought, this is a guy who would take my scalp before he would take uh, you know, a commission on a crypto trade from yeah, it, right? Yeah. Um, and I thought, we need a different image for what the city is. It, mm -hmm. it was always a mecca. It was a safe place to come and trade and do business with one another of people from diverse tribes. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a place of violence and crime and corruption um, or of poverty or pain. Mm -hmm. It was a place of prosperity. That's why you know 13 different car companies were founded and made here. All those parts companies that supplied those companies that later became this one of the world's most powerful corporations called GM, all fostered out of this important piece of land called Pontiac which was the original city for the area, was the most important campground for the native people here. So with all that, we think that the idea of Pontiac, the history of Pontiac, wasn't written 40 years ago, like most of, of my generation believes, that Pontiac's just a poor place, it's always been a poor place, and it will be, never be anything but a poor and broken town. Mm -hmm. um, and that the inhabitants here are 
you know, just people that you should pour charity dollars in on and keep them contained in the city. No, that's not the history of this place at all. We just need to read our history a little bit more clear and a little bit longer in depth before we realize this is the most important place, maybe even more than the giant city to our south, which is 145 square miles, where this is just 19 square miles, much easier to fix, much easier to improve, much easier to, to make the way it ought to be, which is authentic and welcoming and, and uh, historic. Mm-hmm. But we need to read our history and we need to start there. Well, we've done that for the last five years. Mm-hmm. And now we need to engage and teach that history to the next generation the proper way, not mm-hmm. the way where it's embellished around diversity being a bad thing mm-hmm. or the idea that racial can't mean harmony mm-hmm. uh, or violence is a way to get the things we want. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just the opposite, always and in Pontiac's DNA, that invention was the story of this town. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of, of new industries growing out where other people said, nope, the horse and carriage will always be the way it'll be. We make buggy whips, we don't, we don't trade in dollars, right? Um, mm-hmm. We don't trade in cryptocurrency, we only trade in dollars. This is a place of invention. And it's gonna be too hard for people of my age completely forget what we've known Pontiac to be mm-hmm. um, or people older than me. Your generation, you don't have that kind of muscle memory on what Pontiac was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I've seen your friends around town. Mm-hmm. Do you have any fear of being here, Drew? Nope, no. nothing. Yeah. Nor should you, <laughs> right? And, and because in the last six years, whatever, whatever violence was here has been well, well captured on camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that's, that's, you know, what we want to make sure that, that the story of Pontiac is remembered the right way, mm-hmm. that any change that happens here is with a nod and a tilt to the history with respect mm-hmm. to the people who have really built this city in an amazing way. I mean, we're, we're in a building right now uh, of great history and a, with a great story to it. You want to hear it? I would I'm love kind to. of rambling. I would love to. But I, I love this story because when my friend Tim bought this building, I thought, it's, a, it's kind of a cursed word, the word Riker. It mm-hmm. sounded very stoic in German, yeah, sorry. Very, yeah. But I thought Riker doesn't sound like a welcoming name, doesn't sound like, we should rebrand that building, Tim. You really changed the name of the building and change it quickly. And before we did that, he reminded me of my whole speech on history and we got to mm-hmm. remember it. And I looked it up and I found a great story about this building. Now, it's a bit of a Taj Mahal to love. And the story goes back to what really made Pontiac great, right? Were the people, the who, the people that were here. And so you had a doctor named Mr. Riker. He invented a special type of uh, eye surgery. And it's interesting now that our mayor is also an optometrist or ophthalmologist. I don't know the difference, but um, she's an eye doctor. And so was Dr. Riker. And he invented a very important surgery that helps us today even with eyes. I don't know what it was. But it was about eyes, it was about seeing, it was about vision and sight. But it turns out that Mr. Riker didn't actually make all of his money to become to die a wealthy man in the eye doctoring business. He made all of his money in the sugar plantation business in Cuba. Um, and back in the day, you know, you'd, you may not remember this, but an orange was a coveted thing for somebody to get at Christmas time, if you could get a piece of fresh fruit. So that was the business. Vitamin C. Vitamin C. Scurvy. Maybe, yeah, maybe, you know, but anything that had sugar in it was a big deal. Uh, 
and so the, the local judge and a number of the prominent business people here in the city invested in what was called the American Sugar Company in Cuba. And so they had a big uh, you know, sugar farm or plantation of, of sugar cane and, um, and fruits in Cuba. And Mrs. Riker went down to check on their investment. Mm -hmm. And while she was there, she was kidnapped and she was held for ransom. And Dr. Riker decided, being the man of, of uh, great power and strength that he was, mm -hmm. he was not going to pay his wife's ransom. And it wasn't because he didn't love his wife. It was because he decided to instead hire his own mercenary army and go down and bring his wife back, which he did. And he got her home and he passed away a few years later. That's always been my favorite definition of wealth is, can you hire your own army? Could you, could you hire an army? Most authentic you know, to save your wife? I think any one of us would support that idea that you hire an army to save your wife. But when he got her back home and he died, she built this building in his honor. So oh, this wow. beautiful 10-story building here um, named the Riker Building is actually a, 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 a temple to her past husband who was a, a famous and important man. Uh, who would have otherwise probably been forgotten by history had not this building been built. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a great honor now for our, for me, my friends, for you and our generation to be able to roll our thumbprint on this city as well and leave a mark here and make a difference and leave something behind that matters. Um, and hopefully, you know, the next generation will appreciate what we did mm -hmm. and not think that we, we made something that was harsh and uh, unkind to the city so awesome yeah it's a beautiful story did I definitely did not know that about the Riker building um, but uh, yeah it's fantastic the uh, that's it's um, I think that's one of the most um, most attractive things about the city to me is that is the history and the um, the kind of people that have been here traditionally and and their own uh, all their stories like you're talking about like Chief Pontiac and um, I was kind of a um, self-made man in a way uh, not that he maybe he didn't deserve it exactly but he uh, he definitely took advantage of the situation of his time and uh, regardless of if he deserved to be chief or not you know he's what he built is um, it uh, its place in history is secured for sure it's an interesting conversation to think back if you know at your age if you were chief Pontiac right and mm -hmm. you were you were asked by your friends, hey, let's go beat up on those English people. They're invading our country right now. Mm -hmm. You tried four times and you watched all your friends die around you. And there was a small group of you left where there was a large group and you had gathered all these forces to come and you still lost. Mm -hmm. If you would have also made peace with the English at that point as a, a preservation type of way, mm -hmm. and then whether hubris would take over and you'd, you'd go back to your tribe and say, I am the chief now of this tribe because I led the rebellion and those English people that now own our land, they say I'm chief, so you guys ought to follow me, you know? And then the next thing you know, you become an outcast and chased around. But the, the legacy of Chief Pontiac is told by the victors, it's told by those English guys mm -hmm. who ended up populating this land of which I am a descendant of theirs, right? Mm -hmm. Not directly. but. But at the end of the day, America became more English than it was Native American. Mm -hmm. And this is how we now have the city of Pontiac and the automobile of Pontiac. And you could go anywhere in the world. I was in China and I mentioned Pontiac and they knew what I meant. Oh, now wow. pick another city in America that isn't a name brand, New York or Miami or LA mm -hmm. and name it. Now pick a city of 60,000 people 
out of America and say it in China. It's not a brand. Our city is a brand. This is an important place. Within our little sphere of Metro Detroit, you know, mention Pontiac and people go, oh, we know Pontiac, we know all about Pontiac. Pontiac's a poor place, you know, Pontiac needs charity money, Pontiac needs help, you know, mm -hmm. Pontiac's not safe. All the negative, nilly type stuff you hear about Pontiac. Mm -hmm. But now think again, we are a brand. We are an international brand with historical value and an authentic story. An authentic story about what it means to be human in a time of peace, in a time of conflict. Mm -hmm. um, you can't replace that, uh, nor should you try. And, and we can't whitewash it and change it uh, to be a story that we want to tell, like the English did. They, they said, Chief Pontiac's a great leader of men. Uh, he made peace with us and all you other Indian tribes. Get down on your knee, kiss our ring, and make peace with us as well, or you're going to end up like him and his friends. Mm -hmm. uh, with a hatchet to back of their heads and carved into twelfths lovingly by their own people. Um, it's an interesting story. It's something that I think if people really thought about each line in our history books, mm -hmm. uh, would ask more questions than it would answers. So, um, you know, I'm certainly not. Five years ago, I was a guy who said, let's not tell that story anymore. Let's tell a new story about Pontiac. Mm -hmm. Now I think both stories are worth hearing and mm -hmm. debating. and talking through as to what's really the meaning of this place. Mm -hmm. so. Absolutely. Well, that's, yeah, that's, um, yeah, history is, uh, history is super important and uh, it definitely, like you're talking about, written by the victors. So it's often, um, it really takes a, to really truly get a understanding of a place or, or a certain story, you definitely have to look into it yourself. And so it's often different than what's portrayed in, in the popular media, so. Yeah, I mean, let's kind of apply it to the dollar versus cryptocurrency, right? Uh, pick perfect your, transition. Pick your favorite yeah. crypto coin. What's your favorite coin? Uh, definitely Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin, yeah. okay. So dollar versus Bitcoin. Fast forward 20 years from now, the dollars disappeared from the face of the earth. Nobody trades it anymore. Mm -hmm. We all trade in Bitcoin. What do the history books say about the dollar? Uh, did the dollar just peacefully hand the olive branch over to Bitcoin and say, you know, we're going to just now denominate completely in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. We're going to move all of our reserves and gold to Bitcoin. Um, we're going to have a giant bonfire in the streets of every U.S. dollar and turn it all into crypto Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Or will there be a lot of tension and, and turmoil to make that transition? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think um, it's going to be a, uh, like every fiat currency that's ever existed, it'll end in hyperinflation. So I, uh, I think the uh, burning, burning dollars in the street will probably actually come about. I think it'll probably be, uh, it's the, la the only good use for dollar bills is probably just to burn it for heat. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think, I think uh, there's, there's definitely going to be a lot of, um, yeah, as far as I see it in the next, uh, in the coming years, the coming decade, um, that transition will be a result of the same factors that we had in 08 with, um, with uh, subprime mortgages and other loan and financial instruments that were um, created and uh, given to people without proper background checks, the, the credit being created that and that bubble being inflated, I think is um, manifested in a lot of different ways since uh, 09, but it's, 
Um, I think the, the core differences between Bitcoin and, and fiat currency like the US dollar where a dollar can be printed, um, it's, it's controlled by a central entity that's not elected, the Federal Reserve, um, where they can print as much as they want. It's completely, it's never been audited, so we have no control over it whatsoever. Um, they've been rapidly inflating the money supply. In 09, they printed 19 trillion dollars. Um, so unfortunately, uh, yeah, that, that you can't, uh, the free market dictates that you can't just print free money forever. Um, so eventually, uh, I believe um, that transition is going to uh, manifest in um, in uh, in the subprime mortgages and and student. There's a couple of different bubbles. Student debt's a big one. Um, car loans, obviously, and mortgages. Um, eventually, the Federal Reserve has to raise rates, and then when that happens, the government has to start paying interest on their huge uh, deficits that they've built up over the years. So. Should be should be interesting. I think in the end, though, um, much like with Pontiac, that that uh, turmoil will result in a in a much uh, it'll result in, in positive growth and and um, hopefully a freer market and a more sound economy based on sound money principles. So what I like about places like Pontiac is, let's say that twenty years from now, everything you just said comes to pass. There's still a place called Pontiac. There's still likely a building called the Riker Building here, or maybe it's called the Bitcoin Tower. But um, at any rate, it's still here. Um, so regardless of what happens, whether the Indians control this hill, or the, the the French control the hill, or the English control the hill, or the Bitcoinites control the hill, this place is still here. It's real. It's historic. It's authentic. Um, it's Battle-tested. It's valued. Um, all of those things matter in place, and this is a place that matters. So, um, you know, regardless of how the Bitcoin dollar uh, turmoil plays out, regardless of how the Indian uh, French French Indian War hundred years from now, and this podcast that we're taping today, hopefully somebody looks back on twenty years and uh, and says this was the start of that evolutionary change from being a town that once made automobiles and horse and carriages and buggy whips or uh, whatever they made here, corn, uh, jewelry. There were a lot of jewelers in this town for some reason. Uh, banks, there were several really prominent banks located in the city. In fact, one day we opened the ceiling of one of our buildings at 33 North Saginaw, which was a jewelry store that became a pawn shop and uh, then later fell into horrible disrepair. When we tore out the ceiling, the, uh, all this paper fell down on us, mm-hmm. and it was checks from the 1862 to 1865, and the names on the checks were prominent people here in Pontiac in large part. Literally hundreds of old checks with one cent stamps on them to pay for the Civil War. So that, that history that we're laying right now, mm-hmm. regardless of what, what kind of change happens or technological advancement, we may have drones flying around here delivering Amazon packages. Mm-hmm. These buildings will still be here in large part. So that's that's one of the exciting things that I think at your age, looking back on it, we were talking earlier too about Royal Oak and Ferndale and um, their conditions 20 years ago when I was a young man mm-hmm. and uh, what they look like today. And my friends that lived in Royal Oak back then said, 
this place is never going to change. Move up to Birmingham. You know, it's, it's just going to be what it's going to be. Noir Leather was the most popular store in downtown Royal Oak. That's all that's ever going to be there. Don't even think that it's going to change. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny to me that, you know, those same people would say negative things about Pontiac's ability to evolve mm -hmm. at this point in time. If any place is going to evolve and adapt quicker, it'll be here. So, you know, cryptocurrency, although I'm sure it exists in a lot of towns around here, mm -hmm. um, it's not seen as a change agent or an important part of the evolution mm -hmm. as it is by the technology community that's come here. Mm -hmm. You know, the last two years we've had 12 tech companies move to Pontiac. And it's not just because the rent's cheap. Mm -hmm. It's because there's a environment here of embracing the new and the different. Um, the idea of evolution as progress is very much alive in the, in the people who have congregated here and the community that's beginning to rally here. Mm -hmm. um, the art community is here and it's alive and well. And it's not just because it's affordable. It's because the buildings you know, talk to an artist's mind and eye. Um, and because there's a community of other artists here. And I think that's the seeds of change that people looking from a distance, you don't see the green sprouts until they broke the surface. Mm -hmm. um, you're here because I think you've seen the green sprouts. So, yeah. yeah. So that's the word I hope we get out with this podcast. I hope people see a little bit more of what we're seeing. Mm -hmm. uh, the right people, uh, which is a very broad and undefined <laughs> group, by the way. Well, Bob, thank you so much for coming on the show Thanks today. Me, yep, I really appreciate it. That wraps up the podcast. Um, we're going to have a lot more interviews just like this um, with local leaders in Pontiac business, um, hopefully doing a couple uh, demos on their business and what exactly brought them here. Um, and you guys can follow that on, uh, we're going to be releasing the podcast on iTunes, YouTube. Um, it's going to be video as well. For those of us uh, just listening in on audio, there's also a video component of this. Um, and we're going to be coming out with a lot more content to uh, really help get the story of Pontiac now out to the people. So really appreciate everybody tuning in and uh, we'll catch you next time.